We hope this podcast wakes you up inside. You know how it is. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley, to bring you an unusual episode of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. One is with... I don't, look, we don't dive into rumors fully that often on this show. But, but today, today we kind of go in whole hog with it. So Yeah, yeah. so uh, it turns out yesterday was not Thursday. No. So <laughs> when I was talking yesterday at the end of the show and was like, hey, we're going to have a guest on tomorrow. That's because I thought it was Thursday. Uh, <laughs> and it turns out it was Wednesday. Today is Thursday. We do not have a guest on because he is coming on tomorrow. Yeah. Friday. Friday is guest day. Friday is call. the pseudo kickoff to our draft coverage, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair way to put it. Given we're going to be going guest heavy with a bunch yep. of bunch of draft focus in the next week, whole bunch of it's a it's going to be a sprint to the finish line for us over the next three weeks, basically. Yeah. So. Also, also we just got out of our big meeting talking about the big draft show that we're going to have uh, on draft night, in which we are having a draft party at the bar. So, I'm so pumped for it. <laughs> uh, go ahead and plan to be there for that. Those yep. of you who are locals. I'm saying the NBR bar draft. We actually have stuff for you guys to do and win and give away. And there you go. You heard it from the man himself. You're going to want to be there for all of that. (laughs) I'm going to be there. That's for sure. You had better be there. Otherwise, that show is going to be be something awfully different. (laughs) Yeah. Can't wait for it. NHL draft day one, October 6th. So still a ways to go before we get there, but it will be a rumor madness all the way up through. I'm sure before we dive into the rumors though, let's talk about the one major bit of news, the interesting trade by the Minnesota wild trading Eric Stahl for Marcus Johansson. One for one. And yeah, um, reasons. Uh, I thought it was said best by uh, a wild fan in my mentions yesterday, uh, <laughs> who is actually a delightful person, and I try not to hold it against him. He's a wild fan, um, but he said, "Anytime that you can trade for the more expensive and lesser player, you just have to do it." <laughs> That. I mean, that's pretty much what happened here. Look, what are is Minnesota just like gambling on the fact that Stahl is 35 and they're hoping he just falls off the cliff here? Even if that was even if that was the case, that's what his value was? Yeah, I I know. It doesn't feel You great, don't think but... that there could have been a contender out there that would have been like, hey, 
Eric Stahl as as our two or our two or three C would really at at three and a half million dollars. Uh, it's three point two five million dollars. Like, yeah, this really, is guy- really weird. Like, why would they do that? This was their best center, and they trade him for a guy who's played center in his in his career, but has been significantly better over like what's now like a pretty lengthy career. He's been much better as a wing than a center, and I don't get it. Um, I, I can't believe that Eric Stahl's value was that low. Had they had they just sent out a group text to every GM saying, hey, we're interested in moving Eric Stahl, you had to think that they would have gotten a multitude of offers that were more intriguing than Marcus Johansson. Uh, just look at the Stahl's past couple of years. He has a 65, a 76, and a 52-point season, and then in this shortened year, he had 47 points. Compared to Johansson, who has been significantly injury riddled over the past couple of years, the highest of which being this year in a 30 point season and his career high in points back in 1617 was 58. Stahl is just a better player as far as offensive production in every single sense of the imagination. And both of these guys, does Johansson have one or two years left? I think it's only one. one. Yeah, That's so, the thing. There was no financial benefit. Uh, the only thing is Johansson is Johansson is younger. Yeah, that's it. But he's still a UFA at the yeah. end of the year. So, <laughs> but he's he's more expensive. There's no retained salary. There's no bonus money hidden. It's all straight up. It makes no sense. I I, I can't follow it just for the wild at all. It it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Who knows? Who knows? At Maybe one, something else will come out about it later. But like, I would, I would agree with with Evan and in, in chat. I mean, Stall, yeah. I think is, I, I think you look at his career, and I think it's going to fall just shy of Hall of Fame worthy. But the Hall of Very Good, certainly. Many, many players would Marcus Johansson would kill to be in the Hall of Very Good right now. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Stahl's career, and he's been he's had a spectacular career. Yep, he's won a cup. He's been he was a high high level um, offensive producer for a bunch of years in Carolina. It fell apart, and he went to the Rangers and was nothing. And then for some reason, found the fountain of youth in Minnesota. That's all good and well, even if you just look at him as a forty five point second line center at thirty five years old. Three point two five million is extremely affordable, and, and more than what you can expect out of the guy you just traded him for, straight up. And he's like this. I'm, I'm, I'm like it makes perfect sense from Buffalo's perspective. Totally. Oh yeah. While they like he can he can go in there, uh, he can ease in helping ease Dylan Cousins into that lineup if they want to make him a center if they want to have Cousins on his wing. They've got Olafson, they've got Skinner, they've got Reinhardt, they've got Eichel. It's a good top six now. Yep. It was a top six with some nice pieces before, but it's a pretty good top six now. And so from like Buffalo's perspective, okay, like great. Like maybe they finally make the postseason. But I I would have to think that if they're out of the playoff race, this dude is this dude is trade deadline fodder for a contender. And I don't I don't know why Minnesota didn't just start there. 
Like, well, you're telling me Winnipeg couldn't, who's always looking for a second line center, Winnipeg couldn't use that band aid for a year? Yeah, this is 3.25. They don't, if the price was Marcus Johansson, what? I, this is the type of guy that gets a good haul at the deadline for most teams, not one dude who's walking in a year. Yeah. So, I'm, makes no sense to me from Minnesota. I, I agree. But good for Buffalo, I suppose. Um, moving into the rumor mill, Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts came out today. The major rumor he had the abs mixed up in was with Arizona, but more focused on Yalmerson than anything else. The hammer. Yeah. So, Chalmerson is a guy who his entire career, he has been one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. Elite. I mean, elite defensive impacts his entire career, right? This last year, he finally fell off. Yep. Um, if you go and you pull up, you know, you go and uh, look at Micah's heat maps, which I always post all the time. Uh, you know, everybody knows I like those. Um, big drop off, still effective in that role, just not elite anymore. Uh, so you're, it's fair to wonder, still better than league average. So he's still above average at 33. And 33 years old, one year left, $5 million on the deal. Kind of the guy, kind of the type of guy that we were talking about where they wanted, if they were going to go and get another defenseman, it was going to be a guy that was a set and forget piece that they were comfortable playing 20 minutes a night. He's got all the championship pedigree that you would love, even though, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. They don't need to continue to go get those guys, but that he has that is always going to be a feather in his cap. Uh, he's, he blocks shots and he kills kills penalties. And I tell you, those are two things that they could have used a little bit more of against Dallas. Here's so when we talked about it previously, it was more of a package deal, potentially something sweet in the pot for Arizona. If the Avs are going to get Kemper, they can take some salary off their hands on the side and Yalmerson as well. Yeah. If you're going for Yalmerson directly, do you want Arizona to retain any of that salary? I know it's only one year at, at five million. The Avs can probably on, afford it, but it depends on the price. Um, yeah. If if without retention, it's like a seventh round pick. I'm cool. I'll eat the money. Sure. I I can't imagine they're just trying to dump him for a seventh. But I mean, we've know. seen multiple guys. I mean, Nick Bukestad got traded for a fake pick. It's true. Jake, Jake Allen got traded for like what was it? Like two like mid round picks. Yeah. It's something like we're, we're for like seeing a fifth. Yeah. teams trying to shed money by just giving guys away for picks. Like they're that's the beauty of the draft pick system, right? Yep. Is that you have currency that the league gives you every year. You can trade for it and you can you can just poof, that guy is gone. That that money has disappeared. Oh bye bye. So, you know, if if they're look and, and look like Jalmerson just can't have very much in the way of value. He's he's coming off of the worst year in his career in a long time. He had injuries. He wasn't very good in the postseason. Um, he, his age and his contract situation are both working against him. 
I I think that the Arizona's interest in this it just has to be financial. Yeah. And if they were to if if they were to take a million on, if they were to retain a million, great. Like then then you're it, paying what like a fifth? Yeah, like it, it the price the price for for him should be if it's if you if you go any higher than a fourth rounder, you've made a bad deal. Yeah, I'd even be questioning a fourth to be honest. But I would be uncomfortable. But I mean, at the end of the day, dude, I'm I'm just anytime you're trading a fourth or lower for an NHL player, as long as it's not Nate Thompson, I'm like, <laughs> I'm really gonna struggle to throw too much of a fit. I'm gonna like, I am gonna be hard pressed to get upset about giving up a fourth or later for for most NHL players. Yeah. So with the Hilmerson conversation also comes the Kemper conversation. And we found out there are a handful of teams in on Kemper. Friedman not specifically mentioning the Avs, but Carolina, Calgary, Chicago, Edmonton, San Jose all mentioned. Jesus to be involved in Kemper. A couple of those teams involved with Oliver Ekman Larson as well. Basically the point I'm getting at is Arizona is selling. Arizona is open for business. Yeah. Is there, is there anybody else on Arizona you want? Me or, or I would say, I would say, would you have interest in like, does Phil Kessel not, do anything for you? No, not anyone they would actually want to trade. <laughs> yeah. I'd be really, if Phil Kessel, they'd have to retain for me to be comfortable on that. They'd have to retain like, a lot. <laughs> I, I was think. gonna say. I was gonna say like two million. Uh, Phil Kessel ain't what he used to be. Sure, but Phil Kessel at four point eight, playing on, you know, uh, that wouldn't be plan yeah. A for me. I'll put it that way. Only only two years left on that deal. Like, eh, I don't know. I'd be very meh. I will say the uh, the guy that they hired uh, coming out of St. Louis. All he's all he's ever watched in his career is how to be ultra aggressive. Yeah. Cause St. Louis is super active doing all kinds of things. That's true. Um, you know, what? no loss and Krause is a hard pass. A poten- potential previous target there for the abs in, in Derek Stepan. One no. year left on that guy's deal. No, I do, interest. Feel, I do feel castle before Derek step in. I'm not uh, messing with that. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but, not you that I would, not that I would like dislike uh, Stepan. I mean, he's just not, not for you. He's yeah. he's he's fallen off so hard, and like he's still a tryhard. He knows what he's doing. Blah blah blah. But yeah, I'm, I'm good. Connor Garland. That's the guy. That's the guy they keep because he's still super cheap. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how they get rid of Garland. Can't imagine they're moving Keller. Yeah. Uh, the only the only kind of like in between guy that I might be able to be talked into would be Dvorak and I, I just don't like his contract. Yeah, that's going to be a no five more years, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just don't like the deal. I like the player. I just don't like the deal. Defensive side, same kind of story. We've already talked about how OEL is a no for the Avs. Yeah. Uh, Goligoski. Everybody should be for sale, though. Like, Goligoski and Demers are both bad now. Yep. Um, uh, Jalmerson's coming off of uh, his, his worst year in a long time. Like, I tell you, if he's healthy and he's what he was even just two years ago, it would be super duper worth it Yep, for Colorado. It would be. And I think that's the temptation. Well, 
Old you roll the dice that he's see. worth it. He might be worth it. Again, this conversation is one where if he's not worth it, it's easy to make that guy your seventh D is the Avs. Yeah. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. We <laughs> need to take our first period break I here. will say, unlike, unlike with the Kemper conversation, like you wouldn't be giving up a first round pick and being like, well, we can salvage this because he's our backup now. Right, right. You know, like you'd be giving it, the price for the, the the price for Hammer would have to be too affordable. Where if you gave if up it, a sixth for your seventh D, you're like, well, like it, it you're you're like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of like the Broussard thing where it's like it didn't work, but you're not really that bothered by it. Yeah, it's you're just kind of like that sucks. I agree. The value is important when it comes to those conversations. If you want to get a variety of value, use Breckenridge Brewery as your official beer, just like us here at DNVR with eight different types of Breck brew on tap down at the DNVR bar. Or, of course, if you want it at home, you can always get it delivered with an app like Drizzly and use the Breck beer locator online to find the type of beer you like nearest to you to go on and pick it up. Whether it be the agave wheat, the hot peak, the strawberry sky, the mountain beach, you name it, you can find an amazing beer that you will like. They have a beer for everyone. Breckenridge Brewery, highly recommend them. Can't get enough of them. Go try it if you have not yet for yourself. And our DraftKings picks of the week. This time, AJ, the Isles fan himself over here, picking game six to go into overtime between Tampa Bay and the Isles at plus 340, I believe it was. Yeah, I love uh, I love the drama of it. You know, season on the line, the Isles have honestly responded. This has been a closer series than um, certainly I expected, and they've honestly they've gotten lucky. Um, no Steven Stamkos, Braden Point's been in and out of the lineup. Like that's the great equalizer. You take off the top two centers from any other team in the league, and they'd be buried. That Tampa Bay is continuing to survive is a testament to Anthony Sorelli and an absurd amount of depth. Like, if you want to know why I think Tampa Bay is the most talented team in hockey, the fact that they're surviving without their top two centers in the Eastern Conference Finals tells you an awful lot. Credit to Andre Vasilevsky. He's been excellent for them in that as well. He's so He's just steady, man. Steady yep. as it goes. Yep. He can make the great saves. He can be spectacular. They haven't, had, they haven't needed him to be great, and he hasn't, like, he's... He just does his thing, dude. He's so set and forget. Must be nice. (laughs) We also have my pick, which gets away from hockey. I went with the Rockies. Nolan Arenado to hit a home run and the Rockies to win at plus 8.95. I like those. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how, how confident I am in those things happening. But when it's uh, plus eight ninety five, you got to take your chances. You, gotta go you at least it. have to feel like, especially because it's like, oh, the Rockies to win, like totally possible. Yep. No one to hit a home run. Granted, the worst year of his career, Not but great, but it's still Nolan. <laughs> still, still, where you're like, that could happen reasonably. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so. That's my that's my bet this week. 
I like my chances, even even if it isn't a slam dunk. Sometimes you have to take that risk to get the biscuit at the end of the day. DraftKings Sportsbook. Head on over and download their top-rated sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to get a bunch of amazing odds boosts and other fantastic offers, including bet a dollar to win $100 on any football team in Week 2. Great deal there. That's 100 to 1 odds. You got to take that where you can get it. With that DNBR promo code, sign up today at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now it's time for us to gamble a little bit into some of these rumors. We've already talked about Yalmerson, but I want to go back to the team that we started this show with. It certainly sounds like Minnesota is not done with their offseason. They can't be. Right. They have work to do. Matt Dumba, the biggest name being thrown around. I would I would say, are they seriously going to go into the season with Marcus Johansson and Nick Bugstad as their top centers? Where do you put Koivu below them if they were to bring him back? I, well, I think he's retiring. You but think he's done? I think, but look at, uh, he scored two goals last year, dude. It, he wasn't good. Like, <laughs> there's, his days as a top six guy, like, he was always hard-pressed as a 1C. But his yeah. days as even a formidable, like, top six player, they're, they're over. Behind him, yeah. They're over. If he slips even a little bit on defense, he has no value. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yes, I am forgetting Victor Rask. Victor Rask, elite 1C, okay. Yeah, you would be <laughs> correct. I am forgetting him. As is the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, Koivu, Koivu's been on a steady offensive decline for a couple of years, and he never really had – he wasn't – he was never, like, a great offensive player anyway. Um, but now I just – he had two goals last year. I think it's done, man. Um, yeah. And it, I – if I'm him, I I don't look at that team and go – This is not what I want to come back to. <laughs> yeah, like – uh, we talked yesterday about them making a lot of sense for a guy like Braden Holpe. Um, yep. Them being in on uh, the go- the 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 goaltending market makes a lot of sense. Uh, Dumba's in his or Dubnik's in his last year. Uh, Alex Daylock certainly isn't a starter, so makes sense. If you want us to talk about talk about Jalmerson, first segment. Yep. I promised we talked about it. Talked about um, quite a bit. Yeah, I I mean, Matt Dumba's got to be next to go. Just contract-wise, we were talking about it before the show, and it's like, yeah, Wild could have him play out this year, the contract, yeah. but realistically... They're in the same position they were in the last expansion draft because yep. they just gave Brodeen a no-movement clause. They're now, they're now in bed with Spurgeon... Suter uh, and Brodeen. Yeah, those guys are all NMC. Boom, done. So unless um, they wanted to protect eight skaters, which they definitely, they definitely could protect eight skaters. Because if you're looking at that forward core, it's not great. You're talking about okay. You're going to protect Kevin Fiala. Um, well, they have to protect 
Parise Zach and Zuccarello, though, because of the they have to protect Zuccarello. Okay, and then the Fiala. So there's three. The fourth forward. I mean, I guess you're at that point. You're talking about Greenway, maybe. I guess, yeah. Um, we talked about Galchenyuk the other day on the forward show. So if you want, you know, you can go back and listen to that one. Um, I mean, Galchenyuk's leaving, so that's just more offensive talent that they're that they're hemorrhaging. Not that he was that great. Um, yeah, like right now, expansion wise for for Minnesota. I guess I guess they I guess you would be protecting Matt Dumba over a like a Luke Cunning or an Erickson Eck. A Donato or something, yeah. Yeah, or a Donato, whichever whichever forward you don't choose in that, that last greenway, whatever spot. Boy, but that team's offense really is not good, is it? It's really not. Looking through it. Oh, like, yeah, man. <laughs> There's not a lot of talent up there with an aging Parise and an aging Zuccarello is going to be what's leading that forward core. So I'm, uh, this is, this is where I ask you, uh, New Jersey calls about Matt Dumba and offers seventh overall. If you're Minnesota, do you just take it? I, I would given their current state. I mean, this is not a playoff team. They that would give them pick seven and nine. Yeah, you can. You're like, there's a decent chance you walk out of this draft with like a Sanderson and whatever the best forward is at nine. That's I mean, a at that point, you replenish. take Askarov, right? You could, you could even go Askarov if you, you wanted. Have two top 10 picks like that, and you're not at the top like Ottawa, where you're like, oh, it's too high for this. Like, Minnesota would have to have Askarov be one of those two picks. I don't know if they'd have to be, but I think I think if you're I like I understand like the the, the whole concept behind goaltenders and using high picks on them, but if you have two pick if you have picks seven and nine, and you're looking at Minnesota's organization top to bottom, like they they have some decent goaltenders. I think they just had like the AHL goalie of the year. Uh, in in Kakinen down in down uh, uh, with the Iowa Wild, so like you're right, they don't have to, but I feel like look, dude, you're in a perfect position at that point if you have seven and nine. Just do it, dude. I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain if it were the Avs in that situation, but I do wonder for a team that clearly desperately needs forward and defense as well. If they're moving Matt Dumba off that decor. Yeah, they're in kind of a weird thin. spot with that decor because Sturgeon yeah. is signed until the end of his career. Suter, exactly. same thing. Yeah. Brodeen just re-upped. Um, like, those are three really good defensemen to build around, but two of them are already over 30. Yep. So it's like, like kind of what's the plan here? And I think that's that's sort of what their biggest problem is, is that what's the plan here? Is there what's what's their whole goal? What's what's their vision for the franchise? Are they competing? Are they rebuilding? Are they retooling? What are they doing? Right. The and well, a stall for Johansson deal just doesn't it's a, they made their own bed with the situation when last year they were like, all right. We need to figure our stuff out. We need to get younger. We need to build this team. And then they're like, <laughs> how about Matt Zuccarello? Yeah. 
And then and then we're gonna listen to our GM give the most bizarre press conference and then fire him. Yeah. That was uh, a press conference for the record books. Yeah. Lizard <laughs> eyes? <laughs> what? He's kinda like a lizard out there. <laughs> what? The Minnesota Wild or something else is what we're trying to say. And they're not in a particularly good spot. No matter I mean, they, what they do. If they put Dumba on the block, they should be able to get something for him, even though he's overrated. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, they should get real value out of a guy like Matt Dumbo. But I but I like you get seventh overall, like, okay, you know, New Jersey, that obviously helps them. Yep. It it gives them the guy that they thought they were getting when they traded for PK Subban. Oops. But then then they become like the all like name team where you look down their roster and you're like, dang, these guys just should actually be pretty good. And then they're like, oh, they just got all the overrated guys. <laughs> that it happens. Wouldn't <laughs> it be happens. the first team for that to uh be their downfall. Yeah, I but... mean, look at Minnesota. Yeah, I just I just think that uh, Is there If you're the Avs or I I mean I know it's a division rival But if you're a a team looking to contend Is there any vulturing going on here Is there a carcass picking That you can really do off this Minnesota team The only only guy that I would Seriously have like a a strong Interest in like, like if Suter would move I would totally take Ryan Suter Sure, but I'm sorry, but I would. I know people are like, "Oh, his contract," but that guy's still good. I would, I would do that. Um, The the of guys that they would realistically move? No, not really. Yeah, like I would, I would have a super interest in Greenway, but but probably not going to move him. Yeah, yeah, like they have no reason to do that. Which is, and this is part of why Minnesota's in such a tough spot. They, of guys that they can get value out of, it's essentially core members of their team or someone like a Matt Dumba, who arguably a core member of the team, but the value just isn't there when you're looking down their forward core. Sure, maybe you get something for Parise. It might even be hard to sell Zuccarello, but the rest of these guys, no one's picking up Rask, no one's taking Fiala. Well, I mean, I mean, I would take Fiala, but again, like coming for, off of a career you're, year, you're not, and you're not taking him for super high value, though. Like, well, he's coming off a career year; his value should so, be decent. So, he's, what he's you, still what twenty three? Uh, he is twenty four. Twenty four? Yeah, I would have no problem with Kevin Fiala, and I think it would be, especially given his importance to them, that price would be uncomfortable. High. Right. Well, but that's what I'm saying is. In Minnesota's spot, it's very hard to find a value where both teams are happy, unless they want to just give away Eric Stahl, apparently. But yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> talking about this, but two days ago, had yeah. we talked about Eric Stahl for Marcus Johansson, it would have been like, what? Why? <laughs> so maybe that's the key: get in while uh, while Minnesota is is having a lucid dream where they think they're getting good. Yeah, the, the Andrew Ladd for Parise thing makes sense because the Islanders just don't have the cash to burn like they like they are on Andrew Ladd right now. Yeah. And if they use the same if they use the same uh expansion rules, which I imagine they will when it comes to uh LTIR guys, then then Andrew Ladd's NMC um would not 
apply, so they would be able to protect another guy. Um, and Parise, like, you think the, the Islanders wouldn't take Zach Parise right now in the middle of this race for a guy that's not <laughs> even playing for them? Of course they would. So, but I mean, they're going to have, they're going to run into some, they're going to run into some money problems um, trying to bring back Barzell and all that anyway. So the Isles, the Isles are going to be, the Isles are going to be interesting to watch in the next couple of off seasons. Um, but with Minnesota, I think that they're one of the key teams uh, when it comes Minnesota and Arizona, I think are two, two of the big players here to keep an eye on uh, low key. One of the other teams that they, uh, that, that I think should continue to be very active is Carolina, not only yeah. in addressing goaltending, but they've got some big contracts coming up. Um, that's a defense that has, um, that's, that's a defense that has a lot of interesting names on it. And when you're talking about the expansion draft, you know, you're, you're talking about them maybe having to lose a guy. And if they can get, if they could get decent value for them now, why um, hold on to them and. Yeah, well, because nothing. if you if you try and do things right before the expansion draft, teams are going to take advantage of you because they know that you're desperate. Yep. But like right now, you know, even with so Dougie Hamilton's going into the last year of his deal, but uh, and they'll re, they'll re-sign Hayden Flurry, but Hayden Flurry, Brett Pesci, Jake Gardner, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton—that's a that's a great great yeah. six guys for a defense. Yep. And you're only allowed to protect so many of those cats. So, yeah, you might have to look at uh, at managing that value there. Uh, like, that's I mean, the, there's a reason that Patrick Line continues to be connected to them because Which, that makes a ton of sense. That's a, a conversation that we are going to get into in our third period. I do need to let you guys know about our gaming sponsor, WGT Golf, the number one golf app out there, loved by more than 20 million people around the world. Well, over 600 of those people are in at DNVR clubhouses. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download the game and search for DNVR3. Join our clubhouses where we have tournaments all the time. You can challenge other members anytime, any place around the world. Just get into a game, play some match play, play some stroke play, play some closest to the hole. You can even go to the virtual Top Golf and try to stick it from up high, hitting off of the rafters up there. I don't know what they're called, the levels, I guess. Either way, WGT Golf, whether you want to do that or play true to life courses, they have you covered with an extremely awesome game that you can play both on your phone and your computer. Again, dnbrgolf.com to download and search DNBR3 to join our third clubhouse. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Everything we had to say about Ryan Reeves is at the end of yesterday's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, com- the conversation I did want to get into is one of the other big names swirling in rumors in Patrick Line and the Winnipeg Jets. Is it a realistic option for the Avs? I doubt it. I was trying to put together this morning, uh, talking to the fiance, I was trying to put together uh, and some uh, kind of deal that would make sense. Yeah. Cause, cause I was like, this isn't really uh this isn't really a Colorado conversation, but if it yeah. was, and I was thinking it would like for line, a, it would have to be like what I, what I, what I gave her was, um, uh, was Byram comfort and a first and maybe something else on top of that. 
Yeah, that's real steep. So maybe maybe like Jost instead of Comfer because he's cheaper. Sure. Um, yeah. and they can give him more opportunity and he's younger and you know, blah blah blah, but something like that. Pick a bottom six youngish forward, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Comfer or Jost. And yep. so it would just be like and then the abs would have to re-sign line A um next year and it would be not cheap. Yeah. No, the the after the year that Ehlers had, there's they have so Winnipeg Winnipeg is a great let's this the they're really a great franchise to get into with a lot of different things because uh they've never really had a good t- second line center. <laughs> um like they should have with Brian Little, but uh you know, he's getting old and he's hurt now, unfortunately. Um they need defense, but they're also a franchise that already had to be very careful about the money that they spend. Because it just and, them more money to get people to stay. Yeah, and and like that's it's not it's not a franchise that's just flush with cash. They have to be careful how they spend it. Yep. And now when you talk about all the lost revenues, this isn't this is an organization that has to sell out every day basically like all of their home games and so you're talking they lose a bunch of revenue like this is the the pandemic and the fallout from that it's going to hurt winnipeg among the most teams because they were already a uh a, a, a lower market in terms of cash flow yep and now you know uh you look at you look at a contract like that of nick ehlers it's more valuable than ever because He's he's a quality player who is signed for multiple years. You're not moving that guy. He's got five years left. Shifley's got four. Connor, uh, Connor and Wheeler all have multiple years. Like I could understand them moving Wheeler because he's 34 and he's making 8.25 million, and that's a shitload of money. But well, beyond that, they they have no they have no reason to move any of these other guys. And the only reason that we're talking about line A. Is because Line A is kind of a one-dimensional guy who they kind of have to they have to work hard to get the most out of. He's making six point seven five million this year. He's twenty-two years old, but if you look in four years, the lowest goal total he's had is twenty-eight, and yeah. that's because the, the season ended early. Otherwise, he would be a thirty-goal scorer all four years of his NHL career. His one dimension is goal scoring, which is the most important dimension if you're gonna be one-dimensional. We. Just saw Jeff Skinner get nine million dollars as a one-dimensional goal scorer. So, sure. and and like Line is, he's twenty-two. He's you know he's worried. He's trying to get better. He's got his whole career ahead of him to work on that all-around game. It would not be hard to imagine him like you drop him in Colorado and you're like, okay, well, you don't have to mess with Taylor Hall. You don't have to worry about aging. He and he and Finnish best friend Miko Rantanen can just tear this up together. It would cost obviously a pretty penny, but but. you know, whatever. Like that's that's (laughs) Dayton. The the whole idea behind Line A moving is that he's gonna want to he's gonna want a significant raise next year. Yeah, and Winnipeg is gonna be one of those teams where they're you know all the talk about hey, there's a team sitting around. There are teams that are talking about seventy seventy one million dollar internal cap. Well, right now, with a whole bunch of decisions to make, 
they already the the Jets have already spent sixty five million dollars. Yep. They've already got sixty five million committed, and that's with four defensemen signed to their NHL roster. Right, that's with and and two of those are Carl Dahlstrom and Tucker Poolman. Right, so you're gonna <laughs> need help. Yeah, it, and it, that's and that's only night. with and that's only with a forward signed. So, like like line A is like. If you're if you're gonna shift that six point seven five million around, that's where you send him to to Carolina for a Brett Pesci. Yep. You know who's who's got a four four and change. Which, by the way, man, Line in Carolina would be scary. Well, and and then you would start having the 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 question of like which which forwards do you protect? as well from yep. Carolina, because if you just take one of those defensemen off, those defensemen are still going to be intriguing, but then you also, you have to protect Jordan Stahl. Yep. You have to protect Sebastian Ajo. Tara Vinen. You have to protect Tara Vinen. You have to protect Nita Ryder. You have to protect Trocek. Yeah, probably. And obviously, uh, Svechnikov is on that list as well. Yep. So they don't have a lot of wiggle room there. And so you add, uh, <laughs> yeah. if you add line A to that group, he becomes the seventh forward. And then, you know, yeah, you're you still make, losing a defenseman, which you have to lose something at the end of the day. So, so but. it's, it's it, well, and they still have, you know, again, they'd bring Hayden flurry back, but uh, they still have Jake Bean in their system. Former first rounder soon to be bust. Yeah, <laughs> never been a Jake Bean fan. Me either. Um, but the point is, Winnipeg's in a bit of a tough spot because of of how they have to manage their their money, and it doesn't make a ton of sense to get rid of anyone but Line A for reasons you already mentioned. Not just that, but someone like Ehlers, Winnipeg has pretty much his entire prime locked down. So that's something that's really hard for that team to give up given how hard it is for them to go get guys in free agency, especially at cost effective contracts. Yeah. I, I don't know that line a actually ends up getting moved. It'd be really hard to. Yeah. Because he's 22 years old and he looks like he's on his way to scoring 500 goals in his career, which PS puts him in the hall of fame. Pretty handily. But how does Winnipeg get themselves out of this corner without moving line? A? Does are there is there going to be a massive interest in teams picking up Blake Wheeler? Do they even want to move Wheeler as their captain? I think they have to. I mean, it's business time. Yeah, like, I you know he took he took enough of a step back last year after back to back ninety point seasons he drops all the way down to sixty five. Um, that's a and that's that's like obviously I mean you drop him in Colorado and you're like oh sixty five points like great cool Done. that's you'll still take that but as a thirty four year old you're you're paying eight point two the he's got eight point two five for his his the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. 
So his age 34, 35, 36, and 37 seasons are going to be very, very expensive. That, that That's the thing, though. That's going to take away from his value. There's not a lot of teams that are going to be super hyped on paying a dude $8 million until he's 38. Yeah. So and like even if they hey they were they retain two million, right? Like, it still saves them six million on that's the, on the dollar. Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna get in return that's gonna make it worth it while you're still trying to compete? So right. really, and like Blake Lewis had like one of the most interesting careers. Yep. So it it's interesting to say yeah. the least. Uh, and like these- they're in a tough spot. Like yeah. they they way 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 overachieved this year because of Connor Hellebuck. Yep, and that's the other thing is like you don't want to waste the fact that you have an elite goaltender in his prime signed for the next four years who's balling out, right? Like who's who's gonna win the Vesna this year? And I guarantee you got some level of heart trophy support. Yep, like even if even if he predictably takes half a step back next season. He's still among the best goaltenders in the league. And you don't want to waste that. The same way that Anaheim's like, we don't want to waste John Gibson. Yep. These are teams that have elite goaltenders in their prime signed that want to you want you want that to be a thing. You don't want to you don't want that guy to get to 31 years old and be like, dang, now we're good and our goalie is declining. So <sighs> As we wrap up this show, AJ, any other major rumory topics that you wanted to touch on? I mean, there's so much going around the league right now. Everybody's it's, talking yeah. about everything, and it's it's an interesting time because teams are forced to do stuff. There's a lot of chatter, but it's just hard to pick up on what's real and what's nonsense right now. Like, Florida has a ton of money on their defense. Yep. Like Keith Yandel, Anton Strawman, and Mike Matheson are all, and a, a team that has very well compensated, been in talks a lot of needing to shed cap or wanting to shed cap. Yeah, and like they're about to lose Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadnov out of their top six, and because of their system being loaded at forward, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Just drop Owen Tippett in there and be cool, <laughs> but. <laughs> Their defense, and I mean, they're I mean, in a tough spot because they need to figure out how to save the ten point five million dollars sinkhole in their net. But well, they've got and they've got the twelfth pick. Yeah, uh, and it's because it's what's interesting. Like they have, they've got Tippett and Denisenko coming to that that can replace those guys and drop into their top six. You know, maybe they get something out of Borkstrom still. Um. They just drafted Spencer Knight, and he had a great freshman year. Like, the guy looks like the real deal. They need defense so badly, and it's and it's so bizarre that it's like they've done such a poor job in the last couple of years just handing money out to defend him. Mike Matheson is signed for six more years at just under $5 million. Yep. And, like, that's a dude that they have played it forward. That <laughs> uh, says it all right there. I think like, I don't know. My goodness, what they do is going to be fascinating because they they would love to move out Yandel and Strawman, 
and continue to try and build around Ekblad, but maybe Ekblad is the guy that they have to build around. You know, maybe uh, um, maybe that's the guy that they build a deal around. Maybe yeah, you go, maybe maybe Winnipeg and Florida just try and solve each other's problems, and they go line A for Yandel or for Ekblad. Ekblad wow, that would be wild. <laughs> I mean, wait. wouldn't that be like seismic? Yeah, just completely like shatter the central and what are like, they in the Atlantic? I think not the metro. Souped up version of the Johansson Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trade is one for one. Straight up, like maybe they just Ekblad and Ekblad and Lina. They just boom. I'm done. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't solve Florida's problem, but then Florida can immediately turn around and put him on the block and try and do whatever they want with him. You never know. We've seen stranger things happen. We've seen players get traded and then flipped back into division for a better price. And like we're still we're still a year out, but teams have to also now they have to seriously consider uh the ramifications of the expansion draft here that's coming up after this next season. That's next season. So now they have to worry about it. You can't just kick that can down the road anymore. It's time. It's time to plan for it. There's always, you know, we you're gonna see a bunch of you're gonna see a bunch of two year contracts. Yep. So that so that bunch they can, of non commitments. Yeah, exactly. And you're gonna see you're gonna see a bunch of teams that have to start making their their decisions today. Yep, with little information and on a bit of a crunch. That's the reality of this NHL offseason. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's interesting that, you know, this is Colorado's financial prudence over the last couple of years. This is like the last time we get to talk about them just exploiting the fact that they've saved up a bunch of cap space while also getting good. Yep. It's the end of that line. Hopefully they they should do it with that cap space. Just sign Taylor Hall. Just sign Taylor Hall. That is the end of today's show. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Always much appreciated. Again, highly recommend you guys check out the live show. We were talking with chat quite a bit during this one. Always fun to see the rumors flying around. If you want to interact with us live, jump onto YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and like so you can see when we go live next. That's five days a week. We are on here. Y'all know the drill. We will be back to talk to you guys again next time.